This magical account of Dylan Thomas's own childhood and a Christmas day in a small Welsh town has become a modern classic. Hello, welcome back to Books Are Back. This week's book is A Child's Christmas in Wales by Dylan Thomas. It's Books Are Back's Christmas special! My name's Ursula. I'm Catherine. I'm her mum. So, it's Christmas special, Ursula. Um... We're not talking about Little House in the Big Woods but this week. that's what you said we were going to talk about. I know we were meant to talk about Little House in the Big, Big Woods, but um, I got excited about Christmas books and I pulled them all out of the cupboard and chose A Child's Christmas in Wales for a festive special. Okay, so let's get on with the show. What did you think? <laughs> I really enjoyed it. Before I talk about it, why did you choose it? Well, I, it was short notice, so I needed a book that was in the house. And um, I when I looked at the books that we had, um, this is one I recognise. The Child's Christmas in Wales um, that I had was this version illustrated by Edward Arzoni. Arzoni! Arzoni. Although I had a hardback, I think I've picked this copy up for you in a shop. Um, Could it be in the shelter bookshop for £2? A bargain £2, I think that's right. <laughs> This paperback was five was a when it was new. Um, so that was one reason. But another reason is I remember being given this book for Christmas, I think probably by my grandmother and reading it probably with my parents. And it's all about, um, as far as I remember, it's all about reminiscences of Christmas and how- A big fire. I don't remember, that's interesting. <laughs> I don't remember a big part. I was going to say the illustrations by Edward Ardisoni, he's a very famous children's illustrator. The illustrations, I remember being full of billows of smoke, but I don't know if I thought that was maybe, you know, cooking or chimneys or smoke, smoking. I think people maybe smoke in the book, do they? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I don't know. I knew that there was a big fire. What I remember is it's about it's about remembering childhood and about how when you remember your childhood Christmases, it all seems to be like one Christmas. Yeah. And the things that I remember him talking about were getting the presents and looking at the uncles. The uncles. I feel like I've missed this getting the presents part. I'm just going to check that I haven't missed any pages. Um... The uncles seem to be significant. Every Christmas there were uncles, I think he says. So what do you think? Oh yeah, the the useful presents and the unuseful presents. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. I um. So what happens is I don't think we ever learn how the fire was made, but um, they there's a fire in his friend's kitchen. On Christmas Day. On Christmas Day, or no, Christmas Eve. It was Christmas Eve, I think. Okay. Yeah, and I remember they. Part of it was about how there was, like, tobogganing in fresh snow. Oh, yes, uh-huh. Um, what else? Snowballing. Snowballing. Uh, the useful and the unuseful presents. Yes, I remember Should the, I read some out? I remember the useful and the unuseful presents. There's an interesting feature of the book and the snow, which is, did you know, Ursula, that in fact it very rarely snows in Wales? No, not at all. So, wh- when did you talk to Sean without me? Well, 
our our friend Sean, who lives when? in Wales, has often told me on many an occasion when you may not have been there that you don't see a lot of snow in the south of Wales where she lives and where Dylan, Th- Dylan Thomas lived. So it's interesting Lift. that he remembers Christmas, every Christmas, as being um, as snowy as the best ever white Christmas. Okay, so now some presents that they had. The useful presents or the unuseful presents? Let's have the useful presents. Uh, mufflers. Some mittens, tam shanters like patchwork tea cozies and bunny suited bus beans and barracadas. <laughs> and giant, wait, no, mittens. I think I said mittens. Uh-huh. I said mittens again. <laughs> uh, scarfs and pictureless books in which small boys th- through the warned with quotations not to would skate on Farmer Gal's Pond and did and drowned and books that told me everything about a wasp except why why is he wasp <laughs> <laughs> there is no reason for the wasp yet it explains not why but but everything else about the wasp everything except why so Bear, were you reading were you editing as you read there <laughs> yes totally i heard that how does it really go <laughs> okay so it says there were the useful presents, engulfing mufflers of the old coach days and mittens made from giant sloths, zebra scarves of a substance like silky gum that could be tug-o-warned down to the galoshes, blinding tam-o-shanters like patchwork tea cozies and bunnies, bunny-suited busbies and balaclavas for bi- victims of head-shrinking tribes from... Ants who always wore wool next to the skin. There were moustached and rasping vests that made you wonder why the ants had any skin left at all. And once I had a little crotched nose bag from an ant, now, alas, no longer whinnying with us, and pictureless books <laughs> in which small boys, though warned with quotations not to, would skate on Farmer Gal's pond and did and drowned. And... <laughs> Books that told me everything about a wasp, except why. Why? Fantastic. <laughs> Fantastic. I think it must have been a crocheted nose bag, surely. Knitted? Well, maybe. Did you see that the, the balaclavas were for victims of head-shrinking tribes? So obviously the ants had knitted them up too little. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's a um, balaclava? It's a kind of hat that goes all the way over your face. Oh, like a buff. Yeah, but it's got a a top as well. It's kind of knitted and it just has a hole for your eyes, basically. Like one of the things that burglars wear. Exactly, exactly. Keep you really cosy in winter. But if it's too small, you can't wear it. It's not like a hat. You can't just force it on your head. If if your aunt's knitted it too small, that's not really a useful present. So that's a really interesting part of the book to me, to hear that I remembered it. So I enjoyed it when I was a child. And to hear you read it with a bit of relish, because I often think when children are reading, they will tolerate a much longer list than an adult. <laughs> whenever, I'm reading, really? whenever I'm reading to you and I get to a list, I begin to get quite bored. But you're, you are clearly still paying attention and listening to all, Go the, on. all Again. the things on the list. Keep going. Go on. Go on. 
Do you like, like yeah? Do you like a list when you're reading? Like so, for example, yes. if there's like a list of sweets and yes, yes, I really do. Don't don't judge me here. Don't judge me. Don't judge me for who I am. Well, maybe I liked the list when I was younger. I this like is, the list. This is part of the book that I remember enjoying. I almost wish we could go on to the, to the useless presents, but I'm sure, there are, I'm sure there are other topics to well, cover. Lots of sweets need to be listed in the useless presents. I will say no more. That's very controversial. I just thought a sweet was a useful present. Well, they're tasty, so why wouldn't you want one? I mean, like, yeah, yeah like a useful present. Yeah, so, 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 we see, right, so, sweets are a useful present for people. Maybe like bears sitting on the other side of the camera. Uh-huh. I mean microphone. Okay. Right, let's go. <laughs> Is that a hint for Christmas there? Yes. That, that would be useful. Yes. You'd have a use for some sweets if I laid some in, would you? Yes. I'll look into right, it. now tell me about the author. Dylan Thomas. Yes, that one. Okay, well. The research into Dylan Thomas, okay, uh, the audience will not be surprised to hear. Uh, wasn't, he's from Wales. Wasn't very hard <laughs> um, because he was from Wales, but also he's quite, he's quite well known. I think ah. most people will know that Dylan Thomas was a poet. Was he? He was. Now... I'm not most people. You're not. You well. You're younger than most. <laughs> you're younger than most people. Hey, that's in, hard. On that topic, Ursula, listeners have been asking how old you are. Never ask a woman her age. <laughs> <laughs> I'm ten. <laughs> I'm ten. <laughs> yeah. No, no, you must never ask a woman her age. It is incredibly rude. But people ask children their ages all the time. And? Well, <laughs> they know now. So what? What I've found out, um, apart from this. The, he was so famous for his poetry was that he did a lot um, of making spoken recordings for the BBC um, he was really famous for um, writing a, a play called Under Milk Wood which was performed on radio but he also did recordings in his own voice which were sort of, they were commissioned or they were from ideas of his own and one of these was um an idea from a Welsh radio producer who suggested that he make a story about Christmas time and he read it himself. And sometimes when people talk about this book, which is really a transcription of what he said on the radio, um, they they call it a poem um, and sometimes they call it prose. Um, And I think that that level of confusion comes from the fact that a lot of his work was just associated with the fact he he went around presenting it himself and reading it aloud and he went to America and he did that there he toured around reading his own work and his first recording of this that was issued for people to buy um, in the shops was made in America and that's how it got it was on that recording that it got the name A Child's Christmas in Wales Is it a poem? What do you think? I don't know, but now that you've said some people think it's a poem, I'm not so sure. And you're making me nervous. Well, here is a quote from Dylan Thomas, who says, I wanted to write poetry in the beginning because I had fallen in love with words. The first poems I knew were nursery rhymes, and before I could read them for myself, I had come to love the words of them. The words alone. 
And apparently he was very famous for saying to actors who spoke his words, he was famous for saying to them, love the words, love the words. Not the plot, the words. <laughs> so does that make sense, reading the book? Yes. Even if it's not poetry? Yeah. Do you see a... Well, it's quite simple. I'd say that the like it flows very simply. He doesn't go into... He doesn't overly explain things. He says... The scarf was red, not the fluffy scarf that fell down your leg like a waterfall was a bright crimson red the size of a cranberry. Like that. He just said, the scarf is red. Okay, so, I mean, what people sometimes say is the book should really be read aloud. We had you... Yeah, I can I can feel that. We had you reading it By to myself. yourself. But um, yeah, we can't, we can't let you know the clues to the quiz. <laughs> We could have done something different for the Christmas special. No. 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 Why would you? Why would you do something different? Bad money. Like Christmas time. Just keep with the, the programme. <laughs> no. We um, couldn't have done something different. Okay. But I gave you a tip. Yeah? What was that? Don't read the first page. Okay, should we read it now? Okay. Shall I read it? And now, a child's Christmas in Wales. So I had a quick look when I handed this book over to Ursula um, because I'm not sure whether it is, in fact, a children's book. I think it is. It is illustri- it's beautifully illustrated by Edward Arzoni. Um, and here, in fact, is mm. one of those pictures with clouds of smoke. Um, I think there's <sighs> another one where people are smoking. Smoking a cigarette. Um, but I, when I handed it over, I had a look at the first page and I thought, gosh, that's quite difficult to get into. Skip it. And get right into the story about the fire in the kitchen. The first page begins. One Christmas was so much like another. In those years around the sea town corner, now and out of all sound, except the distant speaking of the voices I sometimes hear a moment before sleep. That I can never remember whether it snowed for six days and six nights when I was 12, or whether it snowed for 12 days and 12 nights when I was six. When I was six. <laughs> All the Christmases roll down toward the two-tongued sea like a cold and headlong moon bundling down the sky that was our street. And they stop at the rim of the ice-edged, fish-freezing waves and I plunge my hands in the snow and bring out whatever I can find. In goes my hand into that wool-white, bell-tongued ball of holidays resting at the rim of the carol-singing sea and out come Mrs Prothero and the firemen. Yeah, if you if you'd read that to me and said but bear what's books this from and you'd had me read loads of books without reading the first page, I would not have guessed. So it's quite different different. Once you yeah. turn the page, it's all into action. Yeah. The afternoon of Christmas Eve and there were don't, don't read this page, please. That's got clues <laughs> to the quiz. Shall we have the quiz before yes, we do yes. any more spoilers yes, on let's the have book? The quiz before Mum knows all the answers. Right. Question number one. Mrs. Prothero's garden is where Dylan is waiting, but for something, but who with? Jim? Yes, correct, correct, correct. Um, what are they waiting to throw snowballs at? Definitely cats. Yes, correct. Again, in the pictures, I think. Yes, I know. <laughs> I think there you see pictures of cats kind of slinking about. Yeah. Okay, so, when there is the fire... They race to the telephone box and say, 
Let's call the police, the fire brigade, the ambulance, and Ernie Jenkins as well. Ernie Jenkins likes fires. But who's the only person that they actually call? Police, the fire brigade, who else? Ernie Jenkins. Because he likes fires. Yes, and the ambulance. They call the fire brigade, surely. Correct. (laughs) Three out of three, four, the mummy, four, the mummy. Hooray! Hooray. Well done, me. Um, well, that's a, that's a good top-up from last week's quiz. Let's which I think way. was not out of three or four, maybe not out, out of four. four. <laughs> it was out of four, which was at a zero. Oh. Um, so maybe I have some help, though, because we do actually read Christmas books at Christmas time, don't we? Yes. Well. Um, so I've maybe read this book in between now yes. and my own childhood. Um, hmm. That was something I wanted to talk about on the Christmas special was Christmas books in in particular. I was saying earlier today that I don't remember when I was a child Christmas books being a big deal. I was given this book at Christmas time, I think, but I didn't have a collection of Christmas books. That you read at Christmas and only read at Christmas. No, I mean, if a book happened to be set at Christmas, that was just a coincidence. It was on the bookshelf. It was colourful. It had a picture of a cat on the front. Yeah, but I now, like, if you go into a bookshop at Christmas time, they've got the Christmas books out. Like, even even the shelter bookshop where I bought this book will put its Christmas books out on display in December. And people will get all excited about it. And I was saying, even adults have started buying Christmas-themed mystery novels. It's Christmas time again! <laughs> What's your own experience? Do you get that at school? Do the do the library get Christmas books out because it's Christmas? Um. Well, like, they sometimes Mrs. Peters does a book quiz at Christmas, but they're not. It's not necessarily Christmas themed. Sometimes we watch in the library Christmas videos of new Christmas books that are coming out, and you'll see you'll see books like the Christmas Horus or other Christmas themed books sitting on the shelves. But we're not like. Or on the tables, but we're not. They're not like in a bookcase, framed with Christmas, Christmas, Christmas written in sparkly letters across the front, or anything. I remember a story. I'm not sure if we should really tell the story, but I remember a story about the Christmas orders being read aloud in a class at your school. Yes, a bit early. Say nothing, <laughs> Mummy. I really don't want her to get in trouble, please. Because Christmas books should only be at Christmas time. It was only a couple of days before December. So do you enjoy having Christmas books in the house? Yeah, I guess I, I'd pick it up if I don't really want to read the book I'm reading, if that makes sense. Because we've got a whole heap of kind of sort of picture book style yeah. ones. Yeah, like if I'm not feeling well or something, they're quite nice to just have to pick up. I had looked for ones that were published before I was born, so I could there choose from them. Four. One that I recognised was the Father Christmas, the Raymond Briggs. And I certainly didn't read that when I was a child. Raymond Briggs wrote another book called Fungus the Bogeyman, which I found the whole idea so distasteful that I was completely against Raymond Briggs. Have you read that Father Christmas book? I've read it with Dad. Mm-hmm. 
I've absolutely no idea what the plot is. I think he goes around the world and then ends up in Australia on holiday. I think he... No, I think he just <laughs> delivers presents. I think that's a sequel when he goes to Australia on holiday. So, Mum, you always tell everyone here and listening at home a little bit more about the author. So why don't you get going? Beyond the fact he was a poet and he did a lot of recordings for the BBC, I wanted to find out a little bit more about whether this was really his childhood. And I think the answer is it really is um you can tell that from sort of the origin story that the bbc said to him why don't you tell us a bit about recollections of christmas and i found out that he comes from swansea which to my mind is a a bigger place than the town that features in the book but i think it is about his own childhood swansea's on the coast and the, the sea is very important in this child's Christmas in Wales. And I think the fact that Swansea was on the coast was important to Dylan Thomas. Maybe what he did was he took almost his neighbourhood for the book and pretended that it was his village. Well, do you know, that's so, so interesting you say that because I have, <laughs> I have this amazing quotation from another piece of reminiscence that he wrote... Um, which is really on that theme and it's all about this idea about how we remember our childhoods and and how, what the places in childhood mean. And listen, given what you've just said, listen to this for the, the ideas in it. This sea town, and he means Swansea, this sea town was my world. Outside, a strange Wales, coal-pitted, mountained, river-run fool, so far as I knew, of choirs and football teams and sheep and storybook tall black hats and red flannel petticoats, moved about its business, which was none of mine. Beyond that unknown Wales, with its wild names like peals of bells in the darkness and its mountain men clothed in the skins of animals, perhaps and always singing, lay England, which was London, and the country called The Front, from which many of our neighbours never came back. It was a country to which only young men travelled. What's the front? Oh, is it the, the war? It is. So he was born in, I think he was born in 1914. Which is kind of the start of the First World War. Yeah, people would only, I'm not sure, he'd been very small when people were talking about going to the front. Maybe he was born a few years before that. But he was born just around the beginning of the war. Um, so that's really interesting that he's got these little boxes you know it's, it's my world and Wales is not part of that and no. England beyond that um, and he talks then about um, this passage goes on to talk about a whole world down the street in the park <laughs> God, <laughs> really? yeah so you know that's interesting you're saying maybe he just took his little street and stuck it in the book without ignoring the fact that it was a, a big city and going so diddles to everyone else i'm the only important thing in the world how how childlike <laughs> i'm the only important thing in the world well i am the only important thing in the world so. <laughs> <laughs> and dylan thomas was a precocious poet a lot of his work was written in his late teens hmm. he he did a lot of his work between the ages of 16 and 20 and he was dead before he was 40. That's sad. It is sad. That's really sad. But mm. he's left us behind for us to share. Um, and I'm glad you enjoyed it. What was the best part? I think the best part was the lists. 
The I'm, going to, I'm going to be controversial to all you said. <laughs> the list. The list of useful presents and useless presents. Yes. Um, and possibly uncles. <laughs> <laughs> I love the way that you just go, and possibly uncles. <laughs> Not sure if they come in different types. Anyway, I've enjoyed recording a Christmas special. Yeah, me too. We'll do this next year. Yeah, we'll plan it in advance next year. We'll schedule it in. What, do you mean rather than going, oh, by the way, we're going to just delay um, the big house on the big woods, even though you've all gone out and bought, you know, copies so that you, you can read it? Exactly. We'll schedule it in next year, but it's we've got the tree up and um, it's been nice to record this um, as a bonus episode. And next time you tune in to Books Are Back, you will be able to read, to listen to us talking about Little House in the Big Woods by Laura Ingalls Wilder. Mm-hmm. And there's some really interesting stuff in there about who really wrote it. Yes, it's a, it's an interesting one. So catch up with us next time. And that's all from us at Books Are Back. Bye. <laughs> Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year. <laughs>